0: cat when I'm smoking, you be price, yeah. oceans. Oh. band for the potion. I be in the game and I'm coaching. Uh, cat when I'm smoking, you be price, yeah. oceans. Oh. band for the potion. I be in the game and I'm coaching. Ooh. I could put you on the game, son. Run a trap but need the band, run the fame. Uh. Cross me you forever be a lame one Watch your back, get a dirt nap, you could take one. Hey, you got shooters, I got shooters too. Um red, but my money blue. Came with the good drop, like I got the flu. I had agon twenty twelve, yeah. You already know what the fuck it is, and if you don't now you do, it's hip hop made me do it. The first ever solo podcast. Episode number eight we're on at this point. we we'll to turn the tunes all the way down. I think you can still hear it there. That one was Tropicana. Thanks to Vinny Fano for starting off the show right. Brand new track by him, produced by Tony Seltzer. I know he's got a new project dropping soon. Really excited for that to come out. Um, until then, you already know, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Hip Do underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook is just hip hop made me do it. You can also check out the podcast, as always, on SoundCloud and YouTube. Also, just search "Hip Hop Made Me Do It." It should come up. We're going to get on all streaming platforms soon, but until then, that is the place to find us. Uh, if you want to support the show, we don't have any sponsors yet. But if you want to support the show, we have still have some hip hop made me do it teas left. Those nice pink, and of course we got the white ones as well. We got the white ones as well, and um, they're going pretty fast. We have, let me just look at, this. let me just review the sheet just to make sure. Yeah, we have um, a couple pinks in medium. Sorry, we have a couple medium enlarges in pink, and we have. Uh, whites in small, medium, and XL, but those smalls and XLs are running out. So if you think you want one, hit us up. For now, you can just purchase us, but purchase a T by DMing us on Instagram or Twitter. Once again, that's at Hip Hop Me Do, and uh, we're doing free shipping, twenty dollars a shirt. Um, you can also support us on Patreon if you wish. Uh, Once again, that's Hip Hop Me Do It on Patreon. Uh, We do not have any reward systems yet. I really need to build that out, so Patreon is worth it. But if for some reason you want to throw us a dollar a month just because you enjoy the show, you enjoy what we do at Hip Hop Me Do It, definitely do that. This is the first ever solo Hip Hop Me Do It podcast. I've been putting off doing this for a while. Um, Reason being was, uh, you know, it feels weird to talk to yourself for an hour uh I remember doing my radio show and at first I wouldn't didn't want to talk at all I just wanted to play tunes because you feel like you're talking to yourself and you're not sure if anyone's listening at least with the radio show once I started putting out the phone number you would get calls in and requests and you knew people were actually listening but this especially since it's not live I'm just putting it out there and uh you know hopefully you guys see it and enjoy it um so I was really putting off doing this but uh Charlemagne has a God has a quote about you know if you don't have a if your show relies on guests if you don't have a show without guests then you don't really have a show and my goal was always to build a show that didn't rely on guests and um, you know I've done a bunch of the interviews but I want to have a more uh, podcast you know a regular podcast going every week and for a while I was trying to find like a permanent co host I was thinking. My homie Chance, who's been on a previous podcast, would be a good co-host. Um, but I've been, just been moving around lately. I know we were both living in Western Mass at one point, and that seemed like it made sense. Now he's out in Gardner, and I'm out in Providence. So just coordinating, it's, you know, it's not likely we would be able to do a weekly podcast and get each other in the same room uh, every week. Um, so for now, this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do some solo podcasts when I can't have a guest on. Um, hopefully there'll be a time where I can find a, you know, more permanent co-host and, uh, can bounce off of each other. Um, uh, but, uh, we're rocking with this for now. Um, and also you don't, I don't want to just bring on any person just be like, oh, you're into hip hop, you know, be my co-host. Cause it's like, if I want someone to be my like permanent co-host, you know, I could try out different people and, you know, see who I mix with, but you know, you really have to have a chemistry um, so for now, we're going to do this. Um, I spent actually a while try- yesterday trying to get a live podcast going. Um, I had a couple technical difficulties, one being two main issues. I've noticed the audio, there's like a light buzz. And if we're going to do a live podcast, I can take it out and post, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Um, but if we're going to do a live podcast, I want to have better audio. So I want to figure out why that's happening. Um, but I also need a capture card in order to do a live podcast, but I have this really cool program. Once I buy a capture card, um, where we'll be able to do a live podcast where not only could I, you know, have myself speaking on camera, but I can bring in other videos and, uh, you know, some animations and it'll be really nice and awesome. And that way, when we do a live podcast, like I'm thinking about doing on Twitch and then bringing on to YouTube, the edited version after the fact. Uh, you know, a combination of kind of what I was doing with my radio show, um but in this case, it'll be like an hour of uh speaking and maybe you know an hour of music, so in between breaks, a total of a two hour show live and then cut up for YouTube, taking out the the music so we don't get copyright striked um but that way it'll also be more interactive and even when it's a solo podcast, I'll have you know ways that the audience can participate live. Uh, if they choose to tune in or you know you can just catch the recording afterward on YouTube Um, so that way you know like I said make it more interactive so even when I don't have a co-host or I don't have a guest for an interview or a podcast um, you guys will still be able to interact with me and we can still make it something enjoyable and something where it doesn't feel like I'm talking to myself for an hour Um, and before we get on to the other subjects I want to just mention two major show announcements. So uh, this is actually technically two different shows, both happening August 4th. So the first is the Foundation Festival, um, which is going to start at 2 p.m. and go throughout the day. Um, Outdoor Western Mass Hip Hop Festival with 25 plus artists um, already confirmed. Uh, Nikolai Vocals, Machakos Chalo, Donna, Donnie and Kumar, Disorderly Conduct. Lulu the Prince, Drove Brown, Wiki Good, uh, Bow Shots, just to name a few. You can see the whole list on the Facebook event. Uh, and um, it's actually going to be, tickets are $15 presale and 18 at the door. So this is going to be outside, uh, right outside Hawks and Reed, I believe. Um, then later that night, after this long festival, Cameron will actually be playing Hawks and Reed. So two shows and, uh, you know, the Foundation Festival will kind of lead into the, uh, Cameron show, uh, which is super exciting to have Cameron come to Western Massachusetts. Um, you know, Ben continually putting on for hip hop in the area and put bringing out some bigger acts. Um, so those tickets are going to be thirty dollars early bird if you get them before this Thursday the twelfth. Um, after that, they're going to be thirty five dollars advance and forty at the door. Um, now you can buy tickets to both those events if you go to our. Um, Facebook uh, page uh, Hip Hop Made Me Do It. I posted both both the uh, or shared both the Facebook events. If you want to check them out, the ticket fly link is in those Facebook events. Um, or if you go to our Twitter at Hip Hop Made Me Do underscore, I also tweeted out uh, a tweet with both of those links to purchase tickets. Once again, the Foundation Festival has like 25 local Western Mass artists performing. Um, starts at two and I think goes till 10 p.m. Um, those are tickets are fifteen pre-sale, eighteen at the door. And then we got Cameron, like I said, early bird before Thursdays thirty dollars, thirty-five advance, and forty at the door. Um, those both those shows are going down August 4th. So like I said, check us out, check out the Facebook events or check out our tweet and go cop some tickets while you still can because those are gonna be some two great events. And you'll catch me at, at least part of the foundation festival. And you'll definitely ca- catch me at the Cameron show. Um, without further ado, I want to dive into s- some of the topics that I thought would be good to talk about. Uh, the first thing is more some more housekeeping, hip hop me do it related things. The Domi Divine interview. Uh, quick updates on that. So I know, you know, I put out that tweet, a little funny little preview. Uh, a lot of people seem like they're actually really anticipating this interview, which I'm always surprised by because I forget that people are actually (laughs) watching my stuff. You see the numbers, but you forget that those are actually real people. Um, So just giving you guys some quick updates. Basically, we did the interview. We used Dami's camera or Dami's iPhone as the second camera. uh, And we were having some troubles uh, getting it, getting the video file to me because... We actually talk for an hour and a half, so it's an hour and a half video file. Ooh, is my phone going off? Oh, yeah, that's my friend. Don't worry about that right now. Um, so it's like an hour and a half video file. Um, we actually spent two hours meeting up at Starbucks trying to get it every which way via, via physical cord and uh, via transfer uh, online and... I don't have the file yet. I think I know how we can make it happen. But the other thing is Dami is, you know, a tough person to coordinate to begin with. Cause he's a busy guy dealing with a lot of rappers doing a lot of big things. Um, and I was hoping when we met up at Starbucks, we could make it happen. But, um, I think we are going to get that soon. So, um, hold tight. And, uh, I think we figure out a way to get that file to me and we're going to put it out. Cause I want to make sure that when it does come out, it comes out the right way. And, you know it'd be better to have both camera angles and really really make it as great as possible um so expect that very soon and you know if you really really want to see this Domi Divine interview tweet at him hit him up at hip at domi divine let him know you want to see this interview let him know what's up up let's little light a little bit of a fire under his ass you know not that he's doing anything wrong but like i said if you bug them enough, maybe we'll be able to better coordinate. And uh, yeah, <laughs> love you, Dummy. Um, okay. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty, the main topics of this podcast. All right, there's two main things I wanted to talk about. One is um, XXL. You know, at this point, we all know about the freshman list. I was going to, I want to talk about the freestyle specifically. My plan was to look at all the freestyles and kind of rank them and, you know, give me my give you my thoughts. But, you know, I was sitting there watching the freestyles and there were so many of them that felt lackluster. They didn't really stand out. I didn't have anything much to say about them. Um, Just first talking about like the relevancy. Well, going back to like the relevancy of Double XL, like this is the last bit of relevancy they have is the the freshman list and it just shows how like everything about this shows that how out of touch they are the whole cover like we got clout it's just like this cringy corporate you know it's like the corporations trying to like relate to the youth but they really don't know what they're talking about and you know it just comes off way corny um i mean there's no also like I feel like all credibility have. The fact that there's no way Takashi doesn't belong in that list. Like, the numbers he's doing are ridiculous. I don't care that he might be messing up some of his money in whatever... Way. I think that's the reason they, they gave that he was, like, losing shows and all this because of controversy. But let's be realistic. Like, the numbers he's putting up, there's no reason he doesn't belong on there. Um, And it's like... Not only do 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 the fans not really care about the list, and you know, didn't, don't really think it matters that much, but you have the artists that don't even really care. You know, you, they were missing a tenth spot because the Little Skies didn't show up, and it's like when the artists that you're picking as the hot artists don't even care to show up. It's like not only do the fans not really care, the artists don't really care, and then like rich the kid was supposed to take his spot but then he found out he was a replacement so he didn't want to do it there's actually a really funny video of the the lady doing the interview and saying uh he he only wanted to do it if Drake kitch could also do it which was actually super fire of him or if they like sat he they put him on a throne and sat all the freshmen around him so uh, it it's kind of a total you know ultimate flex which at first when I heard the story, it's like an ultimate flex, but he seems like he's being picky. But then I guess it was because he, he found out that he was a replacement, which, you know, if you think you, you know, undoubtedly, you know, I feel like he deserves to be a freshman. And it's like, if you thought you were a freshman and they're just like, oh, you're just trying to replace me or put me in as a replacement, I, I could see why you'd feel some type of way about that. So like, you like, know, you have the artists that don't even care. Like you have a little pump going in there. I know like, On no jumper, Adam. Adam said that he talked to him and said he was literally just trolled the freestyle, which like he basically did. He just did, you know, rap to skit it really lazily, didn't really care. And it's like, like I said, I was going to rank them, but I feel like the concept, the concept of an acapella freestyle. If you think about the like what an acapella freestyle is supposed to do, for for it to sound really good. Or for it to be impactful, you need to have artists that are either have crazy wordplay and are hitting you with, you know, like like I said, a lot. Yeah, crazy wordplay or they have something really meaningful to say and uh, that's really going to impact. That's really going to leave you like, damn, you know what I'm saying? And if you look at the freshman list of the past like two years or so, you don't have a lot of artists that are like that. You don't have a lot of, and I don't mean this even as a diss. You don't have a lot of super lyrical artists. You've artists that are known for, you know, getting turd, getting hype, and like what they're known for is their ability to ride a beat and bring energy. You know, Lil Pump is not known for his lyricism. So you either have one of two things: you have you're going to have ciphers, or not ciphers. I mess up the ciphers and the freestyle. The cipher preview that came out. You know, it seemed like they had a lot of energy. We'll see see how those actually go. I know that they dropped the Jid and... I don't even know that's a it, but Jid and uh, Ski Mask, uh, Cypher, and, you know, they both bring the energy on the beat, and Jid, I would say, he had the best freestyle by far. I think he's the most lyrical of the crew, but when you have artists that are not super lyrical or super con- super content-driven... Not super content driven, you have one of two things. You have either they're awkward as hell, like Blockboy JB. One, you know, he's actually freestyling, which I can give him props for that, but it was just like the most awkward thing watching him like rock back and forth. And, uh, or you have people that are, you know, artists that are like, all right, well, if I do a freestyle, it's going to be embarrassing or awkward. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a written verse for something you've already heard. So, you know, and I respect artists that realize I'm not a great at freestyling, so I might as well do this. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, we've already heard it. So it's kind of, they're just doing it to do it. And then they, there are, like I said, a very few generally great freestyles. Like Jid was a really good freestyle. Let me see. I have my notes here. I don't know if any of the other ones really stood out to me. Um, I mean, like I said, Trippies sounded pretty good, but it was, like I said, that's something that was written. Um Ski Mask was, was alright um, but like I said he, a lot of cool cartoony references but the thing about Ski Mask is like like I said and he's got the fast flows which are you know pretty interesting to hear but it's like his ability to ride a beat and switch up his flow is like the thing that's most intriguing about him I feel like so without the beat unless he's doing some wild stuff it was, it was alright but it was nothing that really like stood out um steflon dons was pretty good let me just see wi-fi funeral was good like i said but that's like an older song so it's like at this point it's like why are they even doing the acapella freestyles i like keeping the cypher because it's like that's like i said more about like getting the group together and having them just ride a beat and have a good time and it's, it's, it is it's weird that they're doing... They started making it... They always had, like, small groups for the ciphers. But now, like I said, they released the JID and Ski Mask one. It's weird that they're just doing, like... I don't know if they're going to do couples for the whole thing. I feel like they should do groups more. I felt like that was definitely... Definitely... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the ciphers come out. Can't really say until... Uh, Until they come out, I'm curious. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna pull up the freshman list because I feel like they're also very hit or miss with actually predicting like who's gonna be next up. So I'm gonna pull up. Let's see if the Wikipedia page has the freshman lists. Okay, freshman lists. All right, this year, Ski Mask. you know, like ski mask, little pump, smoke perp, being Oh yeah, Namir. YBN Namir's was actually pretty good too, um, and I think that was, it might have been written, but it was new. Okay, so looking at up, uh, looking at last year, we have Kamaya, who like, she really hasn't made much noise since, since then. She really hasn't like stood out from the pack. Cap G, which like. I don't know, I really haven't heard much about Cap-G. Ugly God has kind of fallen off. Mane in Tokyo is still going strong. Um, let's see, X obviously, rest in peace. You know, he he would have, he was on the rise and would have been he was already one of the biggest, I don't know if he's one of the biggest artists, but one of the biggest up-and-coming artists. Um, Kyle still a big artist. Um, And I, I feel like a lot of times the criteria is not always clear. The Like, sometimes they have one hit record that goes crazy, but it's like, that doesn't predict if they're going to be a star going forward. 2016, I feel like that was a pretty strong class. Uzi, Yachty, Kodak, Kodak Black, Denzel Curry, Dave East, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pack, 21 Savage, Designer. I mean, that was a pretty strong class. But if you're going back 20, 2015, twenty fifteen, let's say Fetty Wap, he, yeah, that was his Fetty Wap's year. But after that, we didn't hear much from him. He did drop that drop that song with uh, Takashi. I don't really know if it did that did numbers or not. But um, like Kid Kid, I don't know who Kid Kid is. He's twenty fifteen. OG Mako had that one song and popped off. Shy Glizzy, I don't even. Remember. K camp, I remember he had that song with two chains. Vince Stables obviously took off. Tank Goldlink, Goldlink popped off. Um, Deja Loaf, she's doing her thing. But it's like, I feel like most freshman classes are really just like, yeah, half of them are gonna like show out, and the other half are gonna be duds. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's the last bit of relevancy that XXL has, and they really like to play that up because it's like literally the only thing they have, but it's like when the fans don't care and the artists you pick don't care. Like, I feel like they're just lying to themselves because like I said, it's all the only bit of relevancy they still have. Um, but moving on from that, cause I don't really have much more to say about that. Uh, Drake's album, Scorpion dropped. Did record numbers. And of course, I have my opinions about Drake and about Scorpion. Okay, so Drake dropped Scorpion, right? And first of all, can we can we stop with this trend of double albums? You know, first you had Migos with Culture 2. Uh, then you had Ray Schre- Schremerd with their triple album. And now we have Drake with his double album. And it's so clear that these are just... Attempts to get that nice streaming check, you know, get that money. Um, it really creates these over bloated albums that are just f- filled with filler. Like the race, like I I saw the record, I, th- I forget the exact stat, but I, I know, or no, here, blah blah blah. I pulled it up. Okay, so um, Drake. Broke the record for 170 million streams on the first day and 1 billion streams in a week. I know there was something about him breaking some record in, in three hours. So, you know, obviously it did what it was supposed to. You know, if you go and, you know, listen all the way through the album, hour and a half album, 25 songs, I think it's hour and a half, just about, you know, that's a good good amount of streams, even if you just listen through it once. Versus, you know, listening to the album three times. Not everyone's going to listen to the album three times. But a good amount of people are going to listen to it at least once through. And I just feel like when you have these long double albums, it really hurts the art. I can name only a few double albums that are actually aren't aren't filled with filler. Filled with filler. I'm just, you know, but... um, I can think of like Danny Brown old, anything that has an actual concept and I'm sorry, but like having a rapping song side and the singing song is such a weak concept that it's like, it's barely a concept old was pretty cool. Cause it was like Danny Brown. I'm talking about Dan, old by Danny Brown. Cause it was like, all right, this is the old Danny Brown. And this is like the new Danny Brown, um, different phases in his career. Um, some people might say Speaker, Box and Love Below, but that didn't even really count as a double album. That was just like Outcast was breaking up, but they, you know, didn't want to admit it to the fans yet, so they put out those two separate albums. Um I think it was really funny the just the fact that he put out a rapping side and a singing song side, it's really I feel like it takes away what made Drake innovative in the to begin with. What made Drake innovative was his ability to seamlessly mix rap and hip hop together. Sorry, rap and R and B together. And he would even when he is rapping, he would do this weird sing songy singing while he's rapping. Um, And I feel like that's what was made him so innovative. And I feel like when you separate the two, it's just a way. It's just appeasement. It's, it's Drake getting letting all the voices get in his head. Uh, Anthony Fantano, there was a liner notes. So the liner notes, Anthony Fantano tweeted out the picture, and it, he had the perfect like comment that I think really sums up my thoughts on it. So I'm going to read you first the liner notes that Drake put out. So it says, Editor's Notes. I hate when Drake raps. Drake sings too much. Drake is a pop artist. Drake doesn't even write his own songs. Drake took an L. Drake didn't start from the bottom. Drake is finished. I like Drake's older stuff. Drake can make music for girls. Drake thinks he's Jamaican. Drake is a actor. Drake changed. Um, anybody else is greater than Drake? Yeah, 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 we know. Signed, Drake. And Fantana says, in a desperate attempt to make it look like outside criticism doesn't bother him at all, Drake proves he folds like a paper tiger Anytime the internet has something to mean to say about his music. And, you know, like I said, that sums up all my feelings about how, you know, Drake is almost so self-conscious that, like, that's just what this shows to me. Like, he's so, it's like, Drake, you don't need to appease everyone. You don't have to make everyone happy. Make make the music that you wanna make. And like that's what this double album shows is like, oh, you know, if you like me rapping, here's a side for you for rapping. If you like you just wanna hear me sing, here's a side for singing. Versus if you just cut this album in half, picked out the best songs from each side, you'd have a pretty good album. But instead you have tons of filler, and and to me, like the best Drake was take care, Drake. You have Views from the Six was supposed to be this big release, like it's supposed to be This is the Drake album, this is Per Meal album. Like I said, it was an hour and a half long and it's just kind of a boring album that kinda of drags on and it's like like I said, full of filler, you had even like more life, he calls it a playlist. and which is really just a cop out to put out like an incomplete half ass album, in my opinion. If you call it a playlist, then you can't crit, you know, it's hard to criticize because it's a playlist, it's not an album. Um but let's see and and one thing that i felt was interesting and joe Bu- they talked about this on the joe bun podcast it felt like a good chunk of this they were joking that like the first half was a response to push t because a good chunk of this there was many one liners throughout the first half of the album that were like a direct spo- response to push t dish and or to push t and some of them were like Whole songs, um, which if if push made Drake rewrite his entire album or a good chunk of his album, that's definitely a win for push. Not that he wasn't already winning, um, but also like Drake didn't put out the 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 track list until a couple days before its release. So for all we know, that album was a normal length and then he decided to add a bunch of songs, um, but who knows? Who knows? Was also I think is very interesting. There's a lot of talking tough on on the first half of this album and you know, after what Pusha did to to do, Drake, I don't know why you would be talking tough, especially since you didn't even fully respond. Uh even his response on these out al- this album is kinda weak. Um, let's see. I don't know if this should go track by track. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. This is such a mess. I'm hot as hell. It's so hot in here. take this at least off my one ear. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some highlights on this album. You know, like, obviously, you have God's Plan, eight Out of 10, Mob Ties. But even, like I said, Mob Ties is like, Drake, no one, we, we don't believe you have Mob Ties. And it's like, I think that what, when Drake, I put out a tweet today that was like, Friend and acting tough is cornier than just being your corny self. People forget that Drake was like the, you know, sissy rapper, you know, Marvin's room. Like that was his and 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 don't get me wrong, like that's the thing, Marvin's room was great. But at a certain point, I feel like Drake got tired of being shit on so much and he kind of overcompensated. He went for, I'm a tough guy. And when you're not a tough guy and you act like a tough guy, you're going to get exposed. You know, he keeps bringing back, even the intro, he's talking about how I, you know, he's bringing up how he beat, like, he defeated Meek Mill. It's like, Meek Mill, like, was not a worthy opponent. He gave you a, like, half-assed diss, and, it's like, push, push finally exposed you. And like, when, when he actually did, your whole response to this is very defensive he talks about i wasn't I wasn't hiding my kid from the world or i I wasn't hiding yeah I wasn't hiding my kid from the world I was- h- hiding my w- wait no what does he say he says I was hiding the world from my kid like that's what he says which is like there was a lot of it. A lot of funny jokes on on uh, Twitter about about that being a lame excuse, um, and like his response is always like "I'm too rich to have to deal with this," or he's like "You're not even worth my time." Um, I don't have I don't talk when there's nothing to say, but it's like I feel like there's some things that you should have addressed, and I'm really curious. I mean, there is the last song I think it's March 14th where it's just like. He's writing to his kid, and it makes me wonder. Though I think that like he wasn't, I think he was planning on revealing his kid at the end of the album. Like that was the la- gonna be the last song, and like that's a reveal. Um, I don't think that he wasn't gonna say anything about it at all. Um, but that obviously threw out, a- threw off his plans because he actually like has to like defend it throughout the first half of his album. Um, like I said there are some highlights. Let me just pull up the track list just so I can follow along. We got uh All right. So I feel like the first real highlight is Motionless like The Mario Carey vocals on that are nice. Of course, you have God's Plan. I'm a, I'm upset. You know, shout out to Oogie Man for the production. Um 8 out of 10 is a good one. Um, here's some, he some line about the only dead beats are beats I'm rapping over, which is kind of corny, but that's, that's like, like I said, eight out of 10 mob ties. There are a lot of them emotionless. I feel like a lot of them are just feel like responses to, to, uh, push a, Sandro's Rose is a good song about his mom. There's some corny lines in those. that still, though. Uh, talk Up with Jay-Z is, is fire. Is there more? It feels like just an attempt to... It's basically like, is there more to life than money and riches and having everything? And it's like, obviously, the answer is yes. But it also feels like just an attempt to flex. Because if you think about the things that he's saying i don't have the exact lyrics but they're all just like him bragging about how how amazing his life is or or things that other people don't have and want and he's like is there more to life than this it's like yeah obviously there is and now you just feel like making people feel like lame for not having that i know i'm not being specific, very specific i'm really tired and to be honest i've listened to this album maybe 3 times through it's tough to listen to it all the way through because by the time you get to the second disc, you know the lull starts really quickly. In the second disc, the first disc is great. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say great. The first disc is much better than the second disc, disc in quotes. But that's not saying much. Um, let's see, nice for what? Obviously, we're on the second disc at this point. It's pretty good. You know, signal, sing, sing, single. Like I said, it's getting late. I can't talk. Ratchet, happy birthday! Actually, like, cause it's pretty funny. It's your, I can't even roll my tongue, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I can't even remember. That's the thing. A lot of these blend together because I will say also don't matter to me. I feel like that Michael Jackson feature was very forced. It was very hype related. Like, apparently, that was from a song pre-Thriller that he, that was unearthed, and it feels like there's some effects on his voice or something, there's, it's definitely some altercation, I was going to say altercation, it's definitely altered a bit to the point where I'm like, I don't know, it's like, I don't know if that ever needed to come out, you know, maybe there's a reason that MJ didn't put it out, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's like, if you're going to this, like, Oh, this is an MJ song. Like, and then just to use like part of an unfinished song, and and put that on the chorus, and likely throw some effects on it. It's like, why are you going to do that? Why are you going to do MJ like that? Don't do MJ like that. Let's see if there's any other thoughts that came to mind with that. Um, start in my feelings. I guess that was a highlight. I don't even remember. Um, that's how you feel. I don't know why he bothered putting in those Nikki live vocals. Like, I don't know. They didn't really add much to the song. And, I don't know. When you put in live vocals, it just seemed like, oh, I'm going to put in some live vocals. That's going to be really cool. It didn't really seem to serve much of a purpose. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you cut this album... In half, like, if you gave me Motionless, God's Plan, I'm Upset, 8 out of 10, Mob Ties, Sandra's Rose, maybe a couple others. I I might be skipping over. Uh, Talk Up, Nice for What, Ratchet Happy Birthday, In My Feelings. Maybe there's a couple more. March 14th, I don't know where we're at. Numbers wise. But I feel like that would be a solid album. But once again like I said Drake. There was a tweet about Drake. <laughs> Drake's put out the same album. <laughs> for years. And you're still eating it up. So like. I mean that's what that's how I feel about Drake. I, I feel like there's no. After. Views from the 6. More life. And now this. It's like. I think Drake's shown us that you know he's played all his cards I feel like Take Care was peak Drake to me and uh, I've kind of accepted that once in a while he's going to drop a song that I mess with but I don't think he's ever going to have that complete full album complete project that is like this is I hate to say Take Care is peak but to me that was like it was like the last time Drake was really innovative to me. I feel like after take care, like I said he a lot- get, he let all the like voices get to his head you know and and he started doing things like acting tough and kind of emulating other people's sound and instead of staying innovative, just kind of like I said, even if you're reading this it's too late. I never really liked that because. It just felt like Drake doing someone else's style and what made Drake great was Drake doing Drake you know and uh, I don't know I feel like there was just like since then there's been a layer of authenticity that's just been missing from his music you know I want I want Pussy Drake back Bring, bring, bring back Pussy Drake bring back sensitive Aubrey you know I'd love some more Marvin's Rooms Hit me with some more Marvin's rooms. I feel like that's all I have to say on the subject. It's get it's pretty damn hot in here. I'm pretty tired, and we did a solid forty minutes, which is not bad for a first podcast, solo podcast. I feel like the solo podcasts are gonna get shor- are gonna be sh- probably shorter, because I will have a lot less to say to myself. And like I said, hopefully when we start doing a live podcast, we'll be able to get. A, you know, listeners involved in the show and make it a great interactive experience. And I was also hoping, I might see, I didn't have much of a background, much of a design. I have like these shelves, you can see all my laundry is in here. Um, I wanted to, we'll see if this becomes a long term studio. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be at this location my hopes, I have two records, you can't even see them, Ugly Man and Lil, Lil Wayne um, but my hopes was to decorate with a bunch of records on the wall but I also don't know how long I'm going to be, like I said, at this location so I didn't want to just start putting up some heavy duty um, what do you call it I don't know, racks or you know anything that would put holes in the walls or anything like that just because I don't know how I'm gonna be, how long I'm gonna be at this location, but at some point the goal was to have a full fledged studio where instead of you know like oh you know obviously for certain artists I'll go out to them but like having them come in and you know have a podcast set up as well as the ability to you know kind of do a little bit of a you know freestyle corner. Um, I hope it's actually I have a green screen. Like the goal, I think it'd be cool to have artists perform songs, kind of like kind of neat, but then have a green screen in the back. So, you know, add animations or things like that. Kind of make it unique and make it fresh. Um, We actually got the two light boxes right here. I don't... Do I look bright? Do I look heavenly? Am I glowing? Hopefully, I am. All right. That's about wraps it up. At this point, I'm just talking to myself. Once again, if you enjoy the podcast, you can always check it out on YouTube and SoundCloud. Hip Hop Made Me Do It, as well as... Follow us on Instagram and Twitter for up-to-date updates on the show at HipHopMimmyDo underscore. You can even even hit us on Facebook, even though I don't update that, that as much. Once again, that's Do it. DJ Toasty Z, forever and always. Peace.